Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show, Ian Garlic. And today we've got a legendary guest in the marketing world, John Jansch, author of Duct Tape Marketing and the ultimate now the ultimate marketing engine among several other books tedx speaker spoken everywhere uh i just watched him speak on another conference right before me did an amazing job uh and we're super excited to talk about his new book uh, the ultimate marketing engine um and also how you could add marketing as a part of your business uh john thank you so much for being on the show oh you bet I. and uh before we get started of course this is brought to you by videocastory.com one of the best ways to amplify every part of your sales and marketing is through your customer stories. Go to videocastory.com to find out the best ways to collect, craft, and deliver your customer stories. Uh, all right, John. So, you know, real quick, quick summary before we get into the ultimate marketing engine. Tell us a little bit about duct tape marketing. Where did it come from? What it is? And you know, that, this awesome network of people you have. You bet. So uh, I had this down to about two minutes, but it is a 30 years journey. So it does take me a little while. But no, I, I started my own marketing consulting practice uh, literally 30 years ago. Just, you know, no plan. Just I knew I could hustle work. I got big work, big little work, you know, big companies, little companies. And somewhere along the line, I picked up a couple small business owners as clients. And I, I really liked working w with them. Um, you know, you could have a lot of impact. Uh, but, you know, the problem was, of course, they didn't have budgets or tension spans, you know, they had the same, same problems. And so one day I just said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to try a new approach. If I'm going to work with small business, I'm going to, I'm going to walk in and say, look, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Here are the results we hope to get. And here's what it costs. You want it or not. Um, and about the first three times I did that, they said, when can we start? And, and, you know, what I finally realized is I, I tapped into what is still today. I think one of the greatest, probably increasingly one of the greatest frustrations with small business is it's gotten really hard to buy marketing services as a small business way more complex than it used to be. Everybody's selling a piece of the puzzle. You don't know who to trust. And so the fact that somebody was going to walk in and say, look, I'm going to install a system. You're going to know what it costs, I think was, and, and, and I'm going to start with strategy, you know, so that we know what we're, what we're doing, you know, I think was kind of music to their ears. And um, I, I felt like I was kind of turning marketing into a product and, and I needed to give it a name, a more producty name. And so that's really, that's really the genesis of duct tape marketing. I kind of called that, um, that, that was the name of my approach to kind of give it a brand. Well, that, that, that brand or that name really resonated with small business owners. And, and so it, you know, it ultimately became the name of my business. Um, as you mentioned, my first book, which was really just me kind of retelling what I had, had been doing with small businesses. And uh, I started, uh, you know, that book sold well, fortunately, and I started getting a lot of attention uh, nationally and globally uh, from other uh, consultants and independent agencies around the world that were like, yeah, that's our, that's our frustration too. We want, you know, we, we wanted that as well. So I created a network that allowed people to kind of license our approach. And, you know, ultimately uh, they come from, for, for the tools, I guess, that, that I've created and continue to evolve, but they kind of stay because it's, it's now it's just a really nice community of kind of like minded, you know, small business marketing consultants uh, that we call the duct tape marketing consultant network. I think people undervalue, a marketing community uh, because it, it, you know I know I did 
it's like we think originally when we start, like we can figure out all this on our own and do it all on our own. But it's it's so important, isn't it, to have a community around you when you're doing marketing? Well, I, you know, a couple of things it does. It really shortens the learning curve on stuff. You know, if there's some new thing out, some new tool that people are using. I mean, you've now got somebody who who can not only tell you how to use it, but it's telling you how to use it kind of exactly the same way you want to. So I think there's some real value there. But let's face it, I mean, a lot of, you know, we can work all by ourselves and have million, multi-million dollar businesses now, which is awesome. But it also means that we're kind of by ourselves, you know? And and so, you know, having a community, you know, I, 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 I think of the times back two years ago or so when COVID first hit and everybody's like, oh my God, you know, we're freaking out, what's gonna happen? And just having people that, that you know, have your same kind of clients. We're going through the same kind of thing you were doing. Being able to jump on calls on Friday and just go, hey, let's have lunch and, you know, as a group and just talk about what we're seeing. I mean, that, I think that helped get a lot of people through. And, and you know, I think that uh, a lot of people that are out there working solo by themselves, you know, I, I think sometimes kind of gravitate to those communities because they don't have the, um, you know, especially people that have worked in an organization where you had that, you know, you had teams and you had the water cooler chat, you know, that, that kind of becomes that for us. Yeah. I mean, I th- and, and there's so much information out there, right? Now that it's, it's hard to distinguish, not just, you know, how to learn it, but what to learn. <laughs> I mean, it, how do you go about figuring out what to learn right now for you and yeah, for yourself? Yeah. Well, I start with what not to learn. Yeah. You know, that's usually a good place, you know, because you're right. I mean, you can chase every new idea of the week. Um, what I've always done to, you know, I'm, I'm curious. I love new stuff. So it's not really a problem for me, you know, to, in, in, to, to really want to embrace the new. But what I've always been able to do is I, I feel like I have a consistent point of view. You know, I talk about marketing as a system. It starts with strategy before tactics. And the beauty of having that point of view is it really hasn't changed because all the platforms have changed because we have all these new things. I mean, if you think about it, I was saying that before we were using the internet. Let that sink in for a bit. You know, yeah. I was marketing, I was helping businesses market their companies before we had the internet, um, using that same point of view. Um, and so I think that's one of the things that really helps you kind of uh, stay grounded because now, you know, when some new some new platform comes along, I don't look at it as like, oh, I better get in there because everybody's talking about it as a place to be. I look at it and say, could this help me serve my existing customers better? Could this help me find, you know, more customer, more ideal customers better and, and vice versa, you know, for my clients. I look at it and ask that same question for them. Should they be on Twitter? Well, could it do X for them? And, and I think that that, um, that point of view, you know, stops you from just chasing the thing because you're, you know, your fear of missing out. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's critical because I know from working with clients over the past, you know, 15 years, it's so often they get distracted because someone will go, hey, there's this thing you've got to use, Vine, and, you know, all the stuff yeah. that went away. And, um, I mean, yes, you do have to pay attention to it and wait and wait. And sometimes, like TikTok, it's like, yeah, you can see it coming down the pipe. And is your audience there and can you serve them? And, yeah, they might be down there down the road, but they're not there that right now, right? So Well, and I think yeah. – Definitely another consideration, too, because I absolutely agree with that. Another consideration, when we work with a lot of people that are very resource-strapped, it's like, is that a priority? Mm. You know, yeah, that could be a place for you to get some traction. It might make some sense. But would you be better off focusing on creating those five video case studies <laughs> that would go on your website? That might actually pay better today. Um, and if you've got to choose between one of those, you know, let's look at that what would pay better, you know, today. 
Yes, yes. And I, I, I mean, that's crucial, crucial. And so, like, you met, I mean, obviously, video case studies are important to us, but. Uh, well, I, I, I cheat that up. I appreciate that. Hours, so, yeah, the... <laughs> You're good like that. You've been on a podcast or two. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you think fundamentals, you know, I mean, obviously, you've walked into businesses now. What, where do you see, because I'm a big fundamentals person, and I think the best marketers always come back to the fundamentals, just like any sport or any industry. Yeah. Uh, where do you see the fundamentals right now? Well, I think we are going through a period of, of pretty significant change. And I think the, you know, the fundamentals are, you know, it's, it's really sort of ironic because I think a lot of people are experiencing some of the worst service that they've ever experienced with businesses, supply chain, can't find people, nobody knows, you know, what's next. I mean, and, and ironically, I think that's, that's created an environment where if we actually relook at how we do everything, all of our touch points, we look at, you know, the customer journey. I mean, my, uh, the, the keynote presentation that I've been giving for the last year is called rethinking the customer journey. Uh, because I think the opportunity right now is huge to bring innovation to, you know, how human we are, how, you know, how we treat people, how we follow up, how we actually use automation to remove friction rather than to create friction. Um, those are all things that I think are some real fundamental opportunities right now. And, and you know, I've been saying for this for years, but, you know, I think people are now starting to say maybe this tactic obsession of chasing the, the click or the, you know, the download or whatever it is on the front end of the, of the you know, marketing journey um, maybe maybe there's some money in actually creating a better experience. You know, maybe there's some money in becoming more referable. Um, and I think those are some of the things that that we you know when I talk about strategy before tactics, that, that's what we do is we unpack that entire customer journey and say how can we actually build momentum with people who already like us. Love it. You know, I mean that's what we do with all of our clients, and I can't stress it enough. And and you know when you talk about customer journey, how are you rethinking it? Well, you know, first off, I'm, you know, I've been I've been railing against the marketing funnel, you know, for years uh, because for so many people, that's it's all just about how can we get them to do what we want them to do so we can be, <laughs> make them a customer. And I, I've been actually um, preaching something I call the marketing hourglass, which borrows. I mean, you think about the metaphor of the hourglass; it borrows from the funnel shape. I mean, there's nothing inherently wrong with getting some percentage of the market out there to know we exist and then an even smaller percentage to realize they're an ideal customer. But then I flip that funnel over uh, because I think that's where some of the most exciting uh, things can happen uh, by creating a better customer experience, by retaining customers, by growing and scaling with them, you know, certainly by, by looking for avenues to do, you know, co-marketing and strategic partners and, and just basic referral uh, kind of stuff from your, your happy customers already. I talk about it now instead of, you know, instead of creating demand, like a lot of people talk about the, the, the journey, I, I, I really think it's more about organizing behavior. Um, I think there are seven behaviors, or at least I've been preaching, there are seven behaviors that people want to go through uh, with the, the businesses that they do business with. And, and that our job as marketers is to understand them and to guide them through those behaviors. And they are um, no like trust try, buy, repeat, and refer. So, so those are se the seven stages of our customer journey. And, and it's become a framework 
really for uh, kind of globally looking at a business and saying, you know, how are we, where do we have gaps uh, in this? You know, so many, so many businesses run ads. Okay, I got to know that you exist because you ran an ad, but the next process is, okay, now buy. And, and I think that, you know, by skipping that like and trust, you know, the places where we educate and build relationships. Um, you know, we, we're, that's why we don't attract ideal customers. That's why we don't attract customers that are willing and, and actually want to pay a premium uh, to do business with us because they now fully understand our unique approach and they fully understand, you know, the value that they're going to get from us. So, you know, it, it, it really is a process that, that sort of this customer journey is a process that takes a little bit of time to uh, uh, to create, but in the end, it is so worth it. It, it. it really is how you create customers for life. Yes, I, I love that, you know, because I do think I see that all the time. And especially in like when you talk about small business, they skip to they skip from the traffic to the buy and then they wonder why they have bad leads. Right. Yep. And, and, and they really haven't created any differentiation. So, you know, that's uh, it's a recipe to compete on price. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because they have no reason to ask you anything but their price. And that's why, like, everyone's a price shopper. I'm like, why shouldn't they be? <laughs> that's right. Um, you, you've given you've given them no other you know tool to compare. You know, you I often sell, tell people that if, if you create this customer journey like we, we we're talking about, you you actually make yourself you make the competition irrelevant in a lot of ways because you no longer are comparable uh, to the competition. Love it. And if someone wants to learn about this, they can go and like become a consultant on this. They can go to duct tape marketing and, and learn all about it and, and become a consultant, right? Yeah. I mean, what I always tell people is, you know, I've, what I've been doing for the last at least a couple of decades online, you know, you can find it duct tape marketing It's D U C T T A P E marketing.com. The first thing you'll encounter is there's a button at the top that says find a consultant. So you can hire one of our consultants if you're a business owner and, and, uh, um, you know, this sounds like an approach that work, would work for you. Or the other button says, uh, you know, join our network and you, you, can, uh, you can license basically this methodology. We'll teach you how to use all of our tools and, um, and you'll, you'll become a member of a, of a network of, of, you know, I don't know how many years I should add it up, seven, 800 years of experience in our, <laughs> in our network um, and, and, and willingness to share. You know, you want proposals, you want case studies, you want, you know, all uh, checklists, every, everything that you might need to use to serve a client, you know, from day one, you know, you're going to have access to. Wow, that's amazing. It's an amazing resource. And obviously it works. You've been doing it long enough that uh, yeah, it's not something that just started last year. Um, that's right. And uh, so, you know, then you've written a bunch of books since then, since Duct Tape Marketing. And now the latest one is Ultimate Marketing Engine. Uh, tell me a little bit about that and how it works. It's sure. five steps to ridiculously consistent growth, which I like yeah. that consistent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So in, in some ways, you know, I've continued to, you know, I wrote duct tape marketing in 2007. I've continued to practice marketing every day since, um, obviously marketing and my thinking in marketing and my experience in marketing has evolved. And so I, I, uh, was approached by uh, Harper Collins to write, uh, you know, another book. Harper Collins is actually the publisher of Duct Tape Marketing, um, and and you know, at one point I was going to write kind of the, you know, here's the update to Duct Tape Marketing, but it, I signed the contract right 
literally right when the pandemic hit. And um, so I was like, oh, man, what am I going to write about? I mean, no, nobody wants me, nobody wants to read a book about how to market in a, t a time of a global <laughs> pandemic. And I certainly don't want to write that. Um, but I tell you what really informed this book and turned it into kind of a pure strategy book was a lot of what I saw going on with my customers uh, during that time period. Uh, some businesses just got wiped out because they were in the wrong place at the right, you know, the wrong time. Yeah. Uh, but I saw a lot of my customers not only survive, but thrive uh, over the last couple of years. And I think the key kind of um, sort of per thing that was going on consistently through these businesses was they were meaningful in the lives of their customers. I mean, their customers wanted them to survive. I mean, they they bought gift cards. They, you know, they, they paid in advance for services that might, you know, come down the line. I mean, they just... They had built a, a community of raving fans. Um, and so, you know, essentially what, you know, I say about the ultimate marketing engine is that, you know, to sum it up, the ultimate marketing engine is a successful customer. And that the businesses that I think really thrive are ones that have that kind of, you know, we all talk about this customer-centric point of view, but these are businesses that, that really live it. Um, and so, you know, I, I dove in and, and tried to figure out, like, what is, I mean, is that just because they're nice people? Is that just because they're beliefs? But what I found is that, that there was a, a really practical thread that ran through these, um, is, is that they, they generally met customers where they were today, but they had a very, very large view on where they, that customer wanted to go. Ultimately, you know, the transformation <laughs> that that customer was looking for. And so I built something in this book called the Customer Success Track, which is a tool that, uh, that does just that, you know, really takes this point of view and says, okay, how can we figure out the stage our customers are in today when they generally come to us? And of course, anybody who's good at selling knows what that customer looks like, knows the challenges that that customer, you know, their ideal customers are having. And typically, most businesses, if they're successful, if they deliver on what they promise at all, you know, they've got some sort of roadmap for like what we have to do as a business. Um, and so what I started seeing was the businesses that that really thrived not only got that part, but they but they said, well, and here's the next stage. Like if we get this result for them, you know, the promise is they can now get this. And then if we finish that, you know, stage, now they can get this. And so... Um, you know, that's really what I built. I, I realized that I had done that in my business as well for, you know, because marketing is a, is one of those things that should mature. You know, you don't just do the same thing for years and years. Business grows, business matures. They have needs now that are, you know, that are greater. Maybe they need to add staff, you know, maybe they want to start building monthly recurring revenue. So it's not just fix their website and say, you know, good luck. We'll do another blog post next week, you know? Um, and so that, that, uh, that aspect, when I really broke down kind of how we looked at how marketing matured, you know, dawned on me that I think just about any business in any industry can build that same sort of approach. And really what it what it did for us or has done for us is it, it's it's actually kind of a lot of ways it's clarified our mission. I mean, our mission now is simply to take our customers from where they are today to where they want to go. Um, and, and that's something we can really all get behind. And it's it's something that um, informs who we hire, informs our training. It certainly informs our messaging um, because that, you know, we don't, we no longer say, okay, what's your problem? Sure. We'll, we'll fix it. You know, now we say, okay, what's your problem? We'll fix it. But then here's where, look what, look what's ahead, you know, look where we're going. And, and it's, it's a huge, huge differentiator um, out there because, you know, I think 
the folks that we work with, you know, are looking for that trusted advisor mm -hmm. that that is going to grow with them, that's going to be with them, that's not, you know, just going to sell them, you know, the uh, the fix of the week. And so that it, that idea is probably the biggest innovation in the book, uh, and it's one that that you know I'm now building workshops around. I'm you know I'm working with you know actually some pretty interesting uh, applications you know to that approach that I never really had thought of, but one of the one of the steps in the book um is you know i put that i put that step first quite frankly but it probably should be third <laughs> in the book uh but i wanted to put it first as the big innovation but it comes with the caveat that you know yes an the ultimate marketing engine is a successful customer but you can't make every customer successful um and so one of the one of the steps that's probably the most controversial for some people is that i uh i recommend that that businesses that are uh starting to mature and scale um start thinking about uh, focusing on the top 20% of their customers and and you know maybe with uh, with the eye on getting rid of some of the other folks that you're serving that are not profitable, that are not the right fit, you know, that are not, that you really can't deliver value to. Um, and if you focus on and start attracting that top, you know, clients that look like that top 20%, not only are they going to be profitable and they're probably going to be referral sources because they're having the right experience, um, that, that, that's the customer that you can grow with. I mean, that's the customer that that is so thrilled that if you come to them and say, now we can do this for you, um, they're like, great, where do we sign up? And some percentage of them will you know, give you 100 times uh, more business if, if you could uh, you know, f find a way to deliver even more value. I, I just think that that is, um, instead of going out and chasing more people that are going to give you, you know, um, you know, start taking those people that have given you ninety nine nine ninety nine or the right fit are are you know you love working with, and now find a way to get nine thousand and ninety thousand out of them. Um, not not just get it out of them. I just mean you know build your business around being able to deliver uh, that you know a result and and that level of value. Um, it, it's just you know we all know this. It's just so much easier uh, to do that you know with the right customer than it is to go out and just every single day have to go out there and find more customers. And, and I mean you've said so like much. It's amazing information, and it's it's such a fundamental thing that I find. Almost every business that we encounter skips over it. And it's because it, we do, you know, we used to do when we do customer stories, video case stories, we used to go out and shoot them and be like, you know, and get the story out. We can get good stories. But then we realized, you know, having a strategy ahead of time and then talking through them about their best customers unraveled all these things. Right. It's like, oh, I never thought about my customers this way. I never thought about and what you're saying. Like, who are the best ones who really bring me in money? You know, who, who are you truly profitable about? Because it's also, right, it, there's people that are large revenue clients that might not, you actually might not be profitable. You might be losing money. That's right. <laughs> and yeah, and yeah. it's so important. Um, and, you know, so we, 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 we figured out, you know, how we can grow the customers, what you're saying, and also how to yeah. eliminate those bottom 80%, which I think is very smart. Because especially if you're an early on agency or even a mid agency, you're, you're taking on as much business as you can. That's right. That's right. And, and whoever's coming through the door, you're like, yeah, oh, email marketing. Sure, I can do that. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, now once we've started to do that, you know, there's five steps there. <laughs> what, what do we do next? 
so the first step was map uh, where your best customers are today and where they want to go. So that was the customer success track. Um, I skipped to step number three, narrow your focus to your top 20%, uh, because I think that for a lot of folks, you know, that helps them kind of this idea of the customer success track is pretty overwhelming, but if they can think of 10 customers that they work with that, you know, that they have a really close relationship with now, all of a sudden it starts going, okay, yeah, I can see that maybe we've kind of been doing that anyway, you know, a little bit with some of those folks. One of the things that, that step number two is actually uncover the real problem mm, uh, you solve for yes. your customers. And, you know, this one's really a messaging, but, but for me, messaging, you know, is definitely the beginning of strategy because, you know, we're going to message and then we're going to build and then that's going to be our content. It's going to be about, you know, about the voice that is becomes the voice of that strategy. So what I find is that, you know, the most potent messages, the ones that allow us to differentiate are, are when we're able to articulate and, and promise to solve, you know, the problem that our greatest uh, or our ideal customers are having. Uh, you know, I always kiddingly tell people, you know, I, I basically sell marketing strategy, but nobody ever, ever, ever wakes up and says, I think I'll go buy some marketing strategy <laughs> ever, right? But they do wake up and say, how come I can't charge what I think I'm worth? Um, and, and ultimately, if I can ask them that question, if I can reveal that pain, if I can say, I, I get this, you know, they're going to give me the opportunity to say, oh, and by the way, that's a strategy problem. Um, but I think that most businesses, you know, you go out there and I mean, you and I could just uh, play dial up a website, you know, 10 times <laughs> and we would find that the core message is we sell X. Yeah. Or, you know, we've been <laughs> selling X for 20 years. Um, and, and, you know, nobody wants what we sell. I mean, they want their problems. Yep. Solved. And so we've got to make that connection. Um, so I, you know, I've been doing this as kind of the starting point for most of the businesses we work with. I have three or four processes for how to get to the heart of that. Um, and, and I would venture to say experience tells me anyway, most business owners don't know what that is. They don't know the real problem that they solve because they make some assumptions about it being what the product does. I, I example I have in the book that I always like to point to because it's, it's really basic. But I think it brings the point home is we were working with a tree service years ago. And, you know, again, we cut trees down. You know, we've been cutting trees down since 1960. We're a you know, local family owned business. And those are all there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But the, the problem is the market believes, true or not, that if you own a chainsaw and a truck, you can probably cut a tree down. <laughs> it may not be true. <laughs> I don't know about you, Ian, but, you know, not everybody can cut a tree down. But the market believes if you say you can cut a tree down, you can. But what they don't believe is that you will show up when you say you're going to at the appointed time and that you will clean up the job site uh, when, you know, when you leave. And to prove this point, uh, you know, we interviewed their clients, heard that over and over again. We looked at their Google reviews. Uh, we didn't used to have Google reviews. Now, a wonderful, wonderful source of messaging is to actually read the words that your best customers, these five-star customers, are saying about your business because they are ultimately going to reveal the problem, the real problem that you're solving for them. And so this tree service, 
I, I mean, I, it was almost laughable. The first five people, you know, they basically some combination of they showed up when they said they would, <laughs> they cleaned up the job site. So we turned that into their core message because that's what people weren't getting. And so that made a huge differentiator. Now it's not, you, you can't just put this above the fold in your website and say done, you know, is also we created, uh, you know, their on-time guarantee or you get a hundred dollars off, you know, of, of your, you know, we have a 37 point checklist of clean up the job site that we're going to go over with you. I mean, so it becomes really your ultimate strategy uh, that starts kind of with this, this problem solving message. Love it. I love it. And, you know, I love the idea of the real problem. And once again, another fundamental is like, yeah. you know, I, we work with attorneys for years and I tell them no one wants a criminal defense attorney. They want to not go to jail. <laughs> right, right, right. Right, and right. people don't understand that and it's such a, a critical critical thing um and you know and i think that's fantastic and are you then when you find these problems are you how are you testing them out on audience well you know in some ways we if, if the signs are there if their the best customers are telling us that and their reviews are telling us that, you know, a lot of times I don't have to test it because it's, you know, it's already there. If they have happy customers and they're, you know, a, a thriving business, you know, that's the message. Um, and, you know, one of the ways that we'll test it is, um, I don't think this is really traditional testing, but I'll show them their five competitors. Here's what your five competitors are saying. And, you know, I, I used to do, I used to do this little, um, test for people when I'd have it just to drive this point home, but I don't really have to anymore because, you know, we have all these places where people can leave all this information. But, uh, you know, I, I sometimes challenge people to go to uh, take their website and then take their four, top, you know, four or five competitors' websites, copy the first, I don't know, whatever content you find there when you go there, black out any reference to anybody's name, um, and then pass it around to, to your office and see if anybody can identify any of the companies, including your own. Um, and what I find is quite often it just, you know, it just drives home without a doubt, uh, at least point number one, everybody's saying the same thing. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Because I, I used to say something similar, like, can we replace it? But I love the idea of just turning around your office because, you know, your office should be able to identify you more than anyone, Correct. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, I work with a lot of people uh, on their on their websites, um, you know, we do. And it's pretty funny how often I hear some, um, you know, business owner or somebody in the organization. Oh, I don't know. I haven't looked at our website in years. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and a complete side note, then they go to that and the they start with website design. They start with colors and and. And, you know, they spend weeks on logos and then they haven't even touched the messaging. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, websites have a lot to do these days. I mean, people, I cite a statistic all the time. 92% of uh, people will visit a brand's website for the first time for something, a reason other than making a purchase. Um, and so, you know, I think people really underestimate the, this idea of, People have to, you know, obviously they have to come to know you, but, you know, they immediately get there and make a snap decision about whether or not they like you. Then they start thinking, okay, am I going to invest any time? Who else likes them? <laughs> you know, can I trust that they, you know, 
do what they say? Is there a way for me to try what it might be like to work with them? I mean, so there are all these things that are part of the journey that really happen quite often on your homepage. I mean, on, on what's become kind of the hub of marketing for businesses today. Yes. I mean, I, I, I agree. And that's, you've got to think through it. You've got to think through the messaging, right? You got, like you said, get customer centric, think through the messaging. It's a fundamental, but obviously you've got this nailed down. Now, uh, you know, our time's coming to end and, you know, I want to make sure people read the book. So we're not going to give away everything that's in the book. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's available on Amazon. We'll put a link down below in the show notes, The Ultimate Marketing Engine. Um, you know, there's also an audiobook. Quick question. Do you read your audiobook? I do. I do. I do. Awesome. Yeah, yeah you've got a great yeah. voice. So I think that's well, that's fantastic. Uh, I, I'm always... Deb- I asked James Earl Jones. I always debate this with people and some people are like, well, you should get a professional. And I'm like, I think if you're meeting people, it should be your voice because I know, like, I felt like I knew Seth Godin well before I met him because I listened to like four of his books. And like, when you meet him, you're like, oh, he's like my best friend. And you're like, he's never, he doesn't know who this big tall guy is hugging him. Um. <laughs> it's really, I mean, I totally agree with you. It's part of the brand. I mean, I, you know, when I go speak on stage now, people have listened to my podcast, for example, for years. And same thing, they're like, I knew who you were the second you opened your mouth, you know, so it, it, uh, you know, it is, it is part of the brand for sure. I love it. And tell us a little bit about the podcast before we go. Oh, sure. Well, you know, I started it in 2005 just because wow. I thought it'd be a great way to, you know, chat with people I wanted to chat with. You know, you mentioned Seth, he was one of my first guests. And, you know, then if you look on the back of uh, duct tape marketing, you'll see he wrote a nice cover blurb for that, that book. So it was, it was a really great way for me to, you know, help promote what he was interested in, uh, but then also build a relationship with him. And I've, I've always looked at it now, you know, I've done thousands of interviews and I've always looked at it uh, that way, you know, first, uh, fortunately, because probably I've been, I've stuck with it so long. We have a very nice following now and, you know, it's, it's a decent revenue stream. HubSpot is actually our, uh, our uh, primary sponsor uh, for the, for the show. And, um, you know, it's just, again, it's still, it remains just a great excuse for me to, to talk to people. I, I want to talk to you. I, I will tell you more than once I've, um, you know, been trying to figure out some new thing or having some challenge. And I'll find somebody that I know is really good at that. And it just, uh, you know, I don't tell them, but it's like my, <laughs> my, my chance to learn from them, you know? Um, so it's like a, it's like an unpaid consulting uh, uh, call, but um, no, it's, don't it's, tell it's, people. Yeah, it's, it, it's And I, I'll give a plug for it. I mean, I like podcasts so much. I also own a company called podcast bookers. We book people on, on the podcasts and, um, I built that company or we started that company primarily because it podcasts are great, great audience, great content. It's also the best backlink you can acquire. Yes. Um, because the podcaster, you know, you, you, you write a guest post. First off, you work your tail off. It gets buried on some site that nobody ever promotes. Nobody, you know, yeah, it's a backlink maybe, but, you know, very little value. You go on a podcast, somebody hears your message because there's some listeners out there. But the podcaster, I, I don't know about you, I'm, but I promote the crowd out of my podcast. I want people to listen to my podcast. So, you know, I let people link to free stuff. I, you know, I do all kinds of things like most podcasters do. So, you know, tip, if, SEO tip, even though we're not talking about SEO, get on people's podcasts. It's the best backlinks you can get. Oh, I love it. Love it. And I'm going to put that, I've been taking extensive show notes here. Uh, best SEO tip you can get from the master. Uh, and um, so we've got duct tape marketing, we've got the book. Um, and since you've mentioned po- your podcast, what's what's been the most powerful podcast episode you think you've done recently? 
we'll put a link to that. Recently, yeah. I, that's a tough one. I'm, I'm, you know, when I first started, all I did was uh, interview people that had marketing books out. Now I'm, I'm a, I, I've kind of expanded to where I just think anything that I think an entrepreneur entrepreneur would be dealing with, be interested in, and so some of my some of my favorite shows. I, I I'll tell you the one probably. I finally thought of one. I'm, see how I stalled to answer. I thought it's perfect. I, I, I finally <laughs> thought of one. Um, Oliver Berkman wrote a book called 4,000 Weeks, and it is just a runaway, absolute New York Times bestseller. I had him on kind of right when it came out before, you know, this was his first book. He'd been writing a column for years um, for The Guardian, but uh, um, it's a fabulous, fabulous book. Um, it is definitely a thinker's book. There's not much to do with marketing in there, but probably everything to do with how we view our entrepreneurial journey and and what it is that we're like put on this earth to do um, and the 4,000 weeks uh, uh, roughly that we have to do it, <laughs> um, which is kind of a crazy thought. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, that is like, <laughs> great, thanks. I, maybe I get all... <laughs> well, you, you know what's funny? It's funny is that that's most people's initial response. But because it's like, oh, you just told me, and especially I'm 60. That means I got it like a thousand weeks left, right? <laughs> uh, you know, in, in that equation. And so, you know, that is the first thought to think, oh, man, it's really like it's slipping away. Um, but, but then he spends really the rest of the book kind of talking about, well, that's the problem. Stop thinking about it. You know, let go. You know, you're never going to accomplish what, you know, you think you're putting pressure on yourself to accomplish. So why don't you enjoy it right now? I just really love the way that he, he kind of brings that point. You know, there's a lot of things that you see in a lot of books, but I, I think he, there's something about that book that, uh, that just, maybe, maybe it was just me, but it obviously isn't just me because it's, you know, it's selling so well, but, uh, um, he really kind of encapsulated what I think a lot of us are thinking. Love it. I haven't heard of it. So I'm super excited to, I'm going to go get it right yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, I'm awesome. looking for new books, but John, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Ian. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we're, we ran out of time. Otherwise, I'd probably talk to John for another hour. Uh, we'll have him back again when he writes another book. That's probably going to be amazing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll put a link to the show notes to Duct Tape Marketing, uh, to the book, and to that podcast, especially that podcast episode. Um, so make sure to check all that out. And uh, thank you for taking John on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it will make you an authority you know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic 
to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow I and Garlic on Facebook. Facebook. 